Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today, and today we are joined by Pastor Jeanette Berge. Pastor Jeanette, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. And Pastor Jeanette is our new pastor of worship, our worship pastor, and uh, this Sunday that it's actually playing is actually her first Sunday at the church, and so we thought it would be a great day to play her testimony. Yeah, it's so great. Um, to have you here. It was fun to help you and your family. Um, see, it was fun to see the moving trucks roll in, and um, by now um, you'll be settled, mm-hmm. and it's good to have you here. We would love to just hear, we'll start out at the beginning. So if you just want to share a little bit with us about where you grew up, a little bit about your family, um, just to give us, I know that everyone is going to be wanting to know your story. We felt like this would just be a great way to um, kind of introduce you um, to your church family and to our community. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It was um, just so great to have everyone and meet everyone that came to help. Thank you for doing that. Um, I had neighbors stop me and say, who were all those people? Did you bring them all from Pennsylvania to help you move? <laughs> I said, no, that's part of our new church family. So I'm just so thankful for all of you. Yeah, so from the beginning, I guess um, I grew up in Long Island, New York, and my family has lived there, and I graduated from there from high school, and then I went to Pennsylvania for undergrad, which is where I met my husband. I went to Elizabethtown College for undergrad, and there is where I met Brian, and he was originally from Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, so um, when we got married and he finished his doctorate work, then we went over and lived in Lewisburg, PA. So we've been there ever since. Um, it's been about, I don't know, 18 years or so that we've been living in that area. So, um, this was definitely a big move for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have since, uh, we've been married 21 years and we have two girls, Emily, who is our youngest and she just turned 15. Um, and then Haley, who is now a student at Liberty, she's 19, and she'll be entering her second year at Liberty University. So uh, you mentioned growing up in Long Island. Um, did you grow up in church or have uh, any experience with that? Yeah, I mean, I grew up going to a Catholic church um, every once in a while. Um, for a while, when I was a teenager, I did help with music, so I would go to their youth group and things like that. Um, but it, I wouldn't say that... Um, although I always knew who God was, um, I didn't know him. You know what I mean? You know, you can say, Oh, I I know, I know who you're speaking of, (laughs) but, um, I didn't know him. Um, and it wasn't until actually after I had my oldest daughter, Haley, that I came to know the Lord. So it was, um, Brian's grandfather was very, very influential in our life and he was a man of God. Um, he just would always pray. He was just a prayer warrior. And uh, when I first met Brian, I wasn't saved. I, again, I knew of God, but didn't know God. And I remember Brian told me he was Nazarene when we were dating. We were talking about, you know, things that come up when you're dating. Mm -hmm. And he said he was Nazarene. And I didn't even know what that was. (laughs) I was like, is that a Christian? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, you know, his grandfather would always encourage us to attend a church and 
um, we kind of, because he wasn't, Brian wasn't Catholic and I wasn't Nazarene at the time, we kind of just decided we weren't going to go anywhere. Um, but early on and when we were engaged, we had gone to um, Crossroads, which was the church I had just come from. And the lead pastor there at the time was Pastor Keith Mowen. And he, we went to him to see if he would marry us. And I remember sitting in his office and he said to me, how do you know you're going to heaven? And I said, well, I haven't killed anyone and I'm a pretty good person. So I try to do well, you know. And uh, he said, well, that's not enough. You need, you need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I remember leaving that office and I was so angry. I was like, who is this person to tell me I'm not going to heaven, you know? <laughs> and um, we actually ended up getting married in the Catholic Church. Um, and, we, and that's where we decided not to go anywhere. Um, until after we had Haley and, uh, I remember being in the hospital room. It's crazy because, you know, it, it was such a, a non-traditional way, I guess, you know, of coming to know the Lord. But, um, I had seen the passion of the Christ a few months before I had Haley and it was just really impactful. And I remember seeing the Lord, you know, just seeing how Jesus was suffering and how he was being crucified. And it was just so graphic. That mm-hmm. movie is just so yes. powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember saying to Brian, I think I'm not going to get an epidural. And he said, what? <laughs> and I said, well, if, if God can send his son and go through all that pain, then maybe maybe I should be okay with the pain I need to go through. And at this point, I didn't even have a relationship with Christ, wow. but I could already wow. now looking back and see the Holy Spirit working. Mm-hmm. Brian informed me I was definitely getting an epidural. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember being in the hospital room with um, Haley on my chest. And, you know, your mom says, you won't know the love that you have for a child until you have or adopt one of your own, right? And um, that was so true. And I remember loving her so much at that point. And Brian had gone home. Um, I told him to go home and get rest and come back because we were leaving the next day. And at that moment, the Lord very clearly said to me, you think you love her so much, but I love you so much more. And um, we were in church, I think, two weeks later, and I don't think I have missed, I mean, we've missed a Sunday occasionally through vacation, but (laughs) very, very few since then. Um, So, yeah, I would say my first daughter, um, God used to save me, and then my second daughter, God used to sanctify me. So (laughs) That'll preach. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is great. Um, Yeah. You know, um, we talk a lot in the Nazarene Church about prevenient grace yeah. and the grace that goes before and that the grace that draws us into relationship. And it just amazes me how God will use things like that movie to to begin to maybe plow the ground of our hearts a little right. bit and break up that hard soil. And Yeah, so um, Funny 360 is the same pastor who really planted the seed, Pastor Keith Mallon, about... Um, I don't know, it was probably six years later, seven years later, became my boss, and that's the church I worked for. (laughs) So I wondered, I wondered if he wasn't, yeah, if that wasn't going to end up being part of the story when I heard what he said to you. So where did your love of music, where did that start? Uh, I've been singing all my life, it feels like. You know, I was always a part of music in schools and I actually started off as a music major uh, when I went to college. Um, I was going to be a music teacher, and then I realized there was one music teacher to every school, but several regular teachers to every school, so that's why I ended up just minoring in music, and at that time, I had majored in education. So 
Um, you know, and I always say, even looking back, God was preparing me and I didn't even know what for, even back then, you know, before I even knew who he was and so much of, you know, what I had learned in my undergraduate work really just prepared me for what he was ultimately calling me to do, you know? So, yeah. It's kind of like you can look back through your life and if there was a thread attached to the very beginning of your life, you could pull that thread and you could see all the connections all the way back of how he was like, it just builds and builds and builds. Absolutely. Um, I mean, even in college, I can, I remember having churches in our area that would do outreach and, um, you know, and I was a part of who they were outreaching to, you know, and looking back now, I can see, man, they were, they were really seeding and watering and, Mm -hmm. um, plowing the field. Right. And I didn't even realize that at the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, it also is a testimony to the fact that we don't always see the fruit that we, of the work that, you know, the Lord has called us to do. We're just a part of the story. Right. And, um, you know, those people who ministered to me even back then don't have, mm-hmm. they have no idea what and I'm they doing now. Tell, right? <laughs> right? Right. They have no idea what it looks like now and what my life and my family's life looks like now. You know, it reminds me that, you know, it's okay to not see the fruit, you know, and right. I think God does that on purpose, honestly. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, what of a bit, what a big head we would have right. if we yeah. could see all the fruit of all the yeah. work, you know, mm-hmm. and all the ways that we've ministered to people, but we just need to trust that the Holy Spirit's working and. Yeah. And then he is doing what only he can do, and we're just a part of that story. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, can you talk a little bit about um, worship? Just talk to us about the importance of worship. Well, everyone was created to worship, right? Yeah. We were all created to worship, but the difference is what and who do we worship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just recently, uh, a few weeks ago, I was visiting my sister in Massachusetts, and we had gone on this cliff walk in Newport, and we got to the edge of the cliff where the water and all of the rocks meet. Mm. And the water just went over the rocks, and as the water was being pushed back, you heard this roar of all of the rocks underneath just hitting each other. And I couldn't help but think, man, even the rocks, <laughs> even the water, all of creation worships, right? And how that is what we're called to do um, ultimately. So, you know, creating a, and being a part of creating a, a culture of worship is just really um, an honor. I really see it as an honor um, that God has called my family, not just me, but Brian and my girls to um, be a part of allowing and helping others to see the importance of praising the Lord regardless of your circumstance, you know, because that is what we were created to do was to praise him. And, you know, for us, our passion, of course, is music, and we don't only worship him in music. We worship him with everything that we do, but um, he's called us specifically with the music aspect of things. But, um, you know, music, you know, especially in a service, it prepares the heart. It kind of helps you realign you know, you come in, you're dropping your kids off at children's ministry or your teens off and the, the the stress of the week is kind of still on your mind. And then I believe that worship really helps you kind of just refocus yes. and realign and go, okay, this, this is what I need to stay focused on. Everything else can kind of just hold off for a moment, but now my eyes are on Jesus and this is where my attention is to be. So, yeah. A few um, weeks ago, we did a panel on being anxious for nothing. Mm-hmm. And 
I shared about the story in the Old Testament where King Jehoshaphat, you know, they're going out against the armies. You know, they've prayed, you know, mm-hmm. they've, and now that's the next day, and they put the worship mm-hmm. um, team out in front right. of the army, and I can't imagine the fear and trepidation. The poor worship team, <laughs> you know, they're they're going out before right. the ones that are going to battle, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine, you know, did. Jehoshaphat, tell them not to be anxious this morning. Just go worship, you know. I just think about that in just an everyday sense of um, trying to imagine that moment. And to think about when they got to the battlefield, the battle had been won. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I think it speaks so deeply to my heart that even when everything seems to be falling apart, um, to have the faith to worship in the yeah. midst of our circumstances, to still say that he is sovereign and we believe yeah. that he has us and that he fights for us. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I love the line in, in Raise a Hallelujah, the song Raise a Hallelujah, mm. where it says, my weapon is a melody. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it really is our battle cry. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it really is what helps us to, again, just stay focused and yes. aligned, you yeah. know, and just know that God is good. Regardless yeah. of it all, you know, yeah. regardless of what it is we're working through, um, he's got it. Yeah. Right. Well, Jeanette, you shared about before entering ministry, you were a teacher. That's what you studied in school. And you talked about when you did go on staff, the pastor that you and your husband, Brian, had originally asked to marry you was the pastor there. But talk a little bit about how God called you to ministry, what that looked like. It really started off as a necessity for the church, to be honest. Um, I didn't know it at the time. I thought I was just helping. Um, I had the privilege of staying at home with my girls for two or three years before um, starting at the church. And I had started off with just being the the children's director and doing um, an evening contemporary worship service. And they were just in need. And I had an education degree and I had a music minor. Again, God had aligned that already. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just asked if that was a role that I would be interested in, in taking. And I said, sure, I can help in that way. Um, and it was once I really started getting into ministry and seeing the ins and outs that the Lord just whispered <laughs> each time, you know, I would uh, do a children's event or. Um, you know, or lead worship, he would just say, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what I'm calling you to do. And um, I had gone to a Kidman conference. It was held in Chicago that year because really I knew a lot about teaching, but I didn't know a lot about ministry, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And although it it overlaps a lot, it is very Mm -hmm. different. Um, And so I had gone to this conference and I was by myself at a hotel room and I just felt this impression of, this is what you're doing. This is what I'm calling you to do. And, you know, and to this day, and it's funny, I just said to Brian the other day, I'm 43 years old and I, I'm just now, I think, able to identify so clearly, Mm. you know, and again, looking back how God speaks to me and how he knows exactly what I need to hear him. Right. Mm. And, um, and he just laid this heavy, heart, not as a burden, but as a burden in a way, because, you know, there are lost people out there and I'm calling you to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
And our pastor at the time, the same pastor who uh, had had the encounter with before we got married, but he would say to me, you know, are you feeling a call to ministry? And I'd be like, no, I'm just helping out. (laughs) I'm just here to help out, you know? And um, he, later after the conference, I went to him and I said, I I think I am being called to ministry. And he's like, okay. And so then that's when I started my journey on on, you know, all of the things that go along with being ordained and all the classes. And I was really starting all over again. Like I had to receive my undergrad, my master's yeah. work. And then now it's like, just kidding, you're going to start all over again. <laughs> um, and so then finally I was just ordained in 2021. So, yeah. You mentioned that your husband was from Pennsylvania and then um, you all had lived there 18 years or so, I believe you had said mm-hmm. that you had been there. And um, I believe you were on staff at the church for 11 or 12 years. And so how did you end up in Harrisonburg, Virginia, from Pennsylvania? <laughs> well, like I said, the Lord knows how to speak to me and that I would listen, right? Um, and I remember just a few months ago, Pastor Kerry called wow. me up. <laughs> And said to me, uh, we had just found out that our pastor at Crossroads, which was uh, another pastor, um, Pastor Steve Vaughn, we were really close. He was a phenomenal uh, pastor to work under and learned so much about leadership through him. Um, So when he said he was retiring, I was very upset. And um, Pastor Kerry called me up and he said, so what are your thoughts about Um, possibly talking to some folks in Harrisonburg about a worship leader's position. And actually, Pastor Steve had mentioned it prior to Pastor Kerry calling me. And I was like, what? I'm not leaving? Are you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they were like, okay, you know. And I said, no, I I have a daughter in high school. I would never pull her out, you know. I was like, our life is here. Brian grew up here. We're really rooted in this community, not just with the church, but with the school. And uh, I was like, there's no, but thank you so much for thinking of me. (laughs) And I closed that door pretty quick, you know. Um, About three weeks later, um, Pastor Kerry texted me and said, so they're wondering if maybe you'd reconsider. (laughs) And I said, I closed this door already. What are you doing to me? You know, um, and at that point, I was like, "Well, I, I'll at least be like kind and just have a conversation." You know, I don't want to be rude. You know, <laughs> um, I said, "Sure, I'll have a conversation, but please, please let um, Brian Charette and Pastor Adrian know that I am probably not coming." <laughs> and um, so we had um, a, a Zoom interview, I guess you can call it, or just a getting to know you type of thing. And, and everything that they were saying, like the Lord was just tugging at my heart. Mm. And, uh, I remember, I remember, um, ending that video call and, uh, I was like, Oh no, (laughs) I think God wants me to go to Harrisonburg. And I said to Brian, I said, I think, I think we can help. I think we can do this. And so I cried, I think, for about a month until I got here, to be honest. A month before I came to visit, I, I think I cried every day because I was really, you know, I think of of Jacob battling and wrestling with God, right? And um, that's exactly what I was doing for those three or four weeks. I really wrestled not anything against Harrisonburg. It was just hard to leave what I knew. And I was comfortable. And, you know, we were kind of at a place where we felt like the hard work we'd put into 
um, you know, the ministry, we were, we were just like, okay, this is where we kind of want it to be. And, you know, and then to, so to get up and go was really painful. I felt like God was literally like prying my fingers off, you know, (laughs) but then by the time I had come to visit, the Lord had changed my heart so much in those three weeks of battle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I would bring him an anxiety or a worry every day. But God, what about Emily in school? And then by the end of that night, he would give me clarity and peace and direction. You know, call this person, email this person. You know, um, every day I'd give him something and every day he gave me peace. And so I knew that God was calling me to be here. Um, so, you know, my whole family is going to be here um, that lived in Lewisburg. I have family that lives in Massachusetts and Florida, but my husband and my girls and his mom and his grandma, they're all moving Aww. here with us. So, um, but it was definitely a call from the Lord. And I remember telling my mother-in-law at Easter, you know, so we're thinking about possibly moving to Harrisonburg to Virginia. And she was so thrilled, which we thought she'd be devastated. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe you took this so well. And she goes, well, I could see this coming. And I said, how did you see this coming? Because I certainly didn't see this coming. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. <laughs> but, um, you know, we came knowing and we can see God's hand in every aspect of all the details between then and now um, that we just, although there's been stress and there's been anxiety and there's been all those things that come in between, you know, there's been, there's nothing like being in the center of God's will. And yeah. there's a peace that comes with that. Yeah. Um that you just can't explain. And, and so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And as you were talking, I was thinking about how we know we're in the center of God's will is when he gives us desires that we wouldn't have desired without him. We wouldn't. And I know that you and your family are answered to many prayers from our church over the last year. And so we're glad to have you all. Well, we hope we don't disappoint anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I can see how God was orchestrating this, you know, now. Um, and, and I'm sure there'll be more that he'll reveal as it goes on. I know there's, I don't know all the reasons why he's called me here, but I just know he has. So I'm just going to trust in that. You have to rest in that, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yep, that's right. That's right. You know, we ask, you know, I think of Moses and he asked God to, I want to see you, you know, right. I want to see you in this. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you can't, I can't see me face to face, but after I pass by, mm-hmm. you can see me. Mm-hmm. from behind and that's kind of this thing of in the midst of it it's kind of hard to figure out but you look back and you can see mm-hmm. that um where god was touching you know each yeah. area and preparing your heart and right. preparing the people around you right. um even your mother-in-law that's, yeah. a, that's a good thing <laughs> right when the mother-in-law is prepared <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah and i and i look back too at all the ways i've grown in my ministry and and how the lord has just placed amazing people in my life to help me to get to a point where i could come and i could you know i i we do feel like um we could be obedient and need to be obedient right mm-hmm. and i don't know that I maybe would have been able to do that prior, you know, like 10 years ago, for example, and just seeing the spiritual growth and the leadership growth and just, you know, the Lord just placed amazing people in my life. I mean, there are amazing people at Crossroads. And so it was really hard to leave, you know, and it was, it was so bittersweet, but again, I just kept going, but this is where the Lord is calling me and we have to go. Yeah. Right. So 
Yeah. Certainly being in the middle of God's will isn't always easy, and being a Christian isn't always easy. That That's right. That's right. Yeah. But, but it is rewarding yeah. and fulfilling, and uh, and it's not easy, but you see God's power right. because it's not easy, right? And We're I always, not in our strength. That's so. right. You know, and I always think the things that are valuable are things that are worth a lot, right? right. Um, and so things that aren't worth anything, you, you kind of throw to the wayside. You know, if I go to the dollar store and I buy something and it breaks, it's like, eh, you know, it was just a dollar. Right. Or now a dollar twenty-five. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> um, but, you know, the things that, that cost or that had to work hard for, you know, those are the things you value a little more. And right. when you see things that aren't easy, but you right. see God help you through them, those are the things you really value, and that really helps you to see how worthy God is, right? right? And yeah. so... Well, and I just have to go back to you coming to Christ, wanting to endure pain and <laughs> suffering yeah. because he has suffered. And um, that's so beautiful to have that thought and just to see, you know, like humanly we want to run from yeah. pain, and but to just realize that, hey, this might not be easy, um, but you're still wanting what Jesus wants for you, right? Like, and so... Well, that's what Jesus prayed, right? Yeah, that's what Jesus prayed in the garden, yeah. right? He prayed, you know, Lord, take this cup from me, right. you know? And, yeah, not. But if not, okay, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm going to yeah. do this. That's right. And that's what we're called to do, right? Yes. We want to be, you know, we often say we want to be Christ-like, but that right. is every aspect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, um, and even, even the hard times, even the suffering right. parts. And, yeah. That's also being Christ-like. Yes, right. absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. not all roses. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. But, uh, <laughs> he told us he would never leave us yeah. or forsake us. So, yeah. Well, Pastor Jeanette, it's been great to have you today. And just in closing, any other things maybe that we haven't asked already or that you haven't shared already that you'd like to share? And then also, because we call our program Hope Talks, is there anything going on in your life right now or that the Lord's sharing with you that brings you hope? Oh, man, right now, everywhere I look, I see hope. <laughs> you know, I said to Brian yesterday, I was like, can you believe that this is our life right now? And how, you know, it's funny, I have this keychain on my new church keys. And I bought that keychain early March. It was a fundraiser that my daughter's school was having for musical. And um, I left it empty in my purse since then, since March. I just stuck it in my purse and never put it on anything. And... As we were ready to come here to the church um, to drop off some stuff in my office, I took the key that was in an envelope and I stuck it on this keychain. And I said to Brian, Would you ever thought that when I bought this keychain back in March, I'd be putting new church keys on it from a different <laughs> church, you know? And we just laughed, you know. And But it's just the hope that I have is knowing that God's way is the best way. And He knows me more better than I know myself. And he has a good plan, not just for me, but for all of those who we're going to encounter and meet and um, and for crossroads that we left behind. You know, he has a plan for them as well. And so I have hope in knowing that he's got this. He's yeah. got it all. He's He knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. um, and who am I to say that I know better? I'm not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, I catch myself a little bit of a control freak of saying, I got this. And I have to just remember God's got right. this. That's it was right. his to begin with. He's got it. So yeah. yeah. Well, uh, pastor Margaret, would you mind just praying a blessing over Jeanette and her family in closing? I would love to. Um, 
Lord, I just thank you uh, for the opportunity um, to sit here today and just to hear uh, Jeanette's story, her family's story, and it's really your story mm-hmm. in her life. And God, I love how just the tapestry of believers mm-hmm. that spreads so far and wide that we can't really see in this time and this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. But I just thank you for um, how you've used Pastor Kerry in my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously in Grayson's life, mm-hmm. uh, but in Jeanette's life. And mm-hmm. just um, having vision, I believe, that you gave him mm-hmm. to help open the doors of her mind and heart to be open to coming here. And uh, so I just thank you, Lord, for how you work and how you draw and how you make a way um, for your people to do what you've called them to do. And so I just pray blessing and honor and hope over Jeanette and her family, over Pastor Jeanette and her family. Um, may you just continue to be glorified um, as they come here and continue to worship you and to lead this congregation in worship. God, um, we just give you thanks and praise, and we come with hearts of gratitude, um, and we just place her family in your sovereign, trustworthy hands, and we trust you with all the details of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today, Pastor Jeanette. It's been great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to meeting everyone, and bear with me as I get to know everyone's name. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Pastor Jeanette Berge's testimony today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX. 